Welcome back to the Real Rap Podcast. We've got a good one for you today. A podcaster, a radio broadcaster, and online personality at KXLY Spokane, a 20-plus year Hoop Fest participant, and a Peaceful Valley Pickup Hoops OG, Sean Whitmer. In this episode, we'll get into Sean's background, how he ended up in the world of broadcasting and radio, all things Spokane Hoops, and the road to Hoop Fest 24. I can't wait for everyone to hear this one. Sean is a true pro on the mic. He was rapid firing them, and I loved every minute of it. So without further ado, let's get to the pod. Sean Widmer, welcome to the Real Rap Podcast. Man, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> so, Sean, you uh, you reposted. This is the first time I, I came across it. You reposted our first ever podcast story when I had Houston on. Yeah. And I want to say it, it had a little friendly jab in there to, to say maybe <laughs> maybe he forgot about uh, the Peaceful Valley crew, which it just so happened that we absolutely did. And uh, ever since then, we've we've been hoping to right the ship. So we finally get to talk hoops with one of Peaceful Valley's own. And we'll get to all the other great stuff, past and present, that you've been up to as well. But let's start at the beginning. So... You just mentioned it a bit, but you're from Venezuela. So yeah, I moved down there when I was four years old, and yeah. um, my parents were from here originally, from Spokane. Moved down there when I was four, lived there till I was eighteen. Okay. So all my all my years growing up, elementary, junior high, high school, graduated from there, and then moved back up here because we had we had family up here, so we moved back up here and went to Eastern. So why Venezuela? So that's where my parents worked. My dad worked at a school down there that was like a missionary kid's school. Also, there was like a bunch of uh, Venezuelan kids who would learn English. Mm. Like you could, it was an English speaking school, so you could learn English, come to the states. Venezuela, kind of a tough, yeah, tough place to be. And so it was kind of a nice opportunity to get people learning English. So they could try to get out of there if needed to come to the states. I bet. So. I guess a, a tangent on this because this is interesting to me. So, did you? What was that like growing up there? Did you feel like an outsider? Did you love it? Did you? How did you feel there? Yeah, man, it was weird, right? It's yeah. weird. It was weird. I, I think because I got there so young, we didn't know better. My sister and I, especially, we didn't know better. Mm -hmm. I'm sure my parents were like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> you know, you're in it. Completely different culture. Everything was wild. But but we grew up there. So the people that I I knew there. I kind of grew up around, and that was the culture that I was used to. It was It was almost weirder moving back from Venezuela to here mm. when I was 18, because it was like the craziest culture shock. But uh, it's, yeah, and and hoops is kind of the thing for me. I know a, a, there was a lot of people I grew up around who were, who had American parents who didn't fit in as much, mm. but I fit in because of hoops. So I played a lot of hoops my whole life. And it doesn't matter where you're from. If the ball was bouncing, you're all the same. And mm -hmm. if you could play a little bit, everyone wanted to be cool with you. It didn't matter where you were from. Mm -hmm. If you were tall, short, big, tiny, it didn't matter. So that was kind of my bond to make me feel especially a lot more welcome or just part of the culture as an outsider. Mm -hmm. Were hoops big over there? Yeah. It, surprisingly, yes. Mm. I get asked a lot if it's soccer. It's like, did you yeah. grow up playing soccer? Soccer was third. So it was baseball was their mm. biggest sport, okay. then hoops, and then and then soccer. When I grew up there, there was a guy who played for the Rockets. I don't know if you remember the name, Carl Herrera. Mm. But Carl, Carl, uh, Carlos Herrera was a Venezuelan who was in the league at the time. So it was a huge deal. It was mm. like, oh, man, you could, be, you could be Venezuelan and make it to the NBA. 
obviously there's a lot of baseball players, so baseball was huge, but having an NBA guy was like massive. And then yeah. Grievous Vasquez was the next one. Okay. So he was coming up and then got went to Maryland yep. and then went to the league. So it was kind of that more of like you could be from a country that's not known for hoops and make it uh, in in the in the biggest league in the world. So mm-hmm. hoops was big down there, really big. That's cool. So, and I hear the accent a little bit there too. Is that were you <laughs> were you having to adapt in in language and culture and what what's like the one thing you will will still do after like being there for so long or. Everyone says I travel. Mm. We can take an extra step. But so hoops wise, it's that. I uh, I think life wise, the best thing I took with me and one of the things I'm most thankful about growing up in Venezuela is a sense of community. There's not a lot of things there. There was never. I mean, I it was that was one of the culture shock things coming back is that how much things matter in the states mm. and success and like what you can get if you get money like you can buy more stuff and you can have more things that doesn't exist in venezuela mm. the only thing the currency down there is family and friends and so i love that and so growing up it became a it was really part of me and it still is and it's one of the things i love to try to bring to the states and kind of have here and it's not like it's rare here but it is a little less common so like our run we have you mentioned down at peaceful valley it's community Mm-hmm. That's family. Those are my guys. They're mm-hmm. guys who we hoop with a couple times a week for the last 10 years. And, and they're my family. They're like as ex- important to me as anything. They're as important to me as anything that I have at my house right now. That stuff's cool, but it's that's that's not what mm-hmm. makes me tick. So that was one thing I took with me from there culturally that I just love. I've noticed that about you too, because I'll get to this later, but I listen to, to the podcast to, to okay. get ready for this. And I, <laughs> I love that. Like, I love how you you shout out like your boys and like yeah. the crew. And then you talk about like the weddings, your friend's wedding and stuff like that. Cause that's, I've always been a super loyal guy in that way. Obviously, I'm, I'm here in Spokane after meeting my best friends at five years old. So, yeah, super cool. Um, all now, right, these so, people also tell you I will talk the most trash to them. And I think if you <laughs> came down and played with us, you would think, well, he hates everyone here. Well, That's not the case. That's just a little bit of the games, the gamesmanship. I heard from Jesse that, that you have a little, uh, you like to talk a little bit. So Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit, Luke. All right. So you get back at 18. And yeah, I imagine it's got to feel like a completely different place, a different year also just about to go into college at that time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then where do you go to college? Went to Eastern. Right. I went okay. one year at Spokane Falls. Went okay. one year at Spokane Falls, then went to Eastern. And always wanted to hoop. I came to the States and realized real quick, weight rooms, weight rooms exist in the United <laughs> States. The weight room was not the thing in Venezuela. Mm. We just played. And so you had talent. You might have had skills. The second I got here, I realized at the I was going to try to play at the Falls. I was like, well, mm. I'll get in and play this. I went to the first practice and I was like, these dudes are just monstrous men compared to what I was used to playing with mm-hmm. growing up where it was more of like the skinnier physique. Mm-hmm. I just got bully balled. Mm-hmm. I was just weight. I was weight roomed all over the place. <sighs> just hoop fested. Yeah, there. man. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. And I was yeah. like, oh man, it's going to take a lot of work to one, get culturally I just felt so lost in terms of like going to, I remember going to a practice of tryouts and not being able to connect with anyone. Mm. I just had nothing in common, did not know half the things that were being talked about, the music that was being listened to, anything. Mm. So I already felt like that. And then these guys were on another level physically just from what is provided with you in the States Mm -hmm. through high school. And I was just like, 
I didn't have it. In, I just didn't have it in me to be like, I want to grind for a year. I just kind of was in a little shell shocked. Yeah. Which I, which I regret now looking back on. It's like, come on, knucklehead. You could have just worked for a year and probably played a little bit of hoops at least for a second. Yeah. But didn't happen. Well, obviously you still you still kept it up in some way, shape, oh, yeah. or form. But so you head to Eastern after that, and then are you getting into broadcasting at that point, or when does that come <laughs> into the picture? So I'm I'm working. My my grandpa had a a business tiling, and so I'm I'm working summers tiling, and I was kind of flipping around on the radio because we're just in these apartment complexes tiling bathrooms. Mm. So I'm in there by myself. And I like music okay, so I've got a little bit of music, but I'm flipping around and I hear some guys talking sports on the radio. Mm. And I was like, what the heck is this? I was like, this is a thing? This is so cool. I was like, I want to try this out for sure. And I didn't know anything about it. So I kind of started looking around. I realized, oh, there's a local radio station that does sports. How am I going to get into this? I don't know. I'm, I'm at Eastern. I don't know what classes you're supposed to take. So I just tell a guy at the the local sports radio station, I need an internship. Mm. I didn't need one. <laughs> I mean, this is a total fabrication. And and he's like, okay, well, I'd love to help you out. We do take internships. So like, let's get you in here and just make sure you bring your paperwork. So I go home. I'm living with my best friend at the time. It's 2003. And we doctor up what turns out to be the worst looking, what we assume an internship paper would look like. And I print it off, and we think we've got this thing down. I take it into the guy. He's like, oh, yeah, this is great. Just make sure your teacher signs it every now and then. And then for eight months, I can I worked for this guy for free for the sports station. And finally, I'm like, Toby, dude, I, I might need to make some money on this. Like, can you hire me for anything? He goes, we've been waiting for you to ask because you've worked for free with these fake internship papers this whole time. He's, I'm like, well, how'd you know? He goes, look at this. There's like nothing centered. There's like there's typos. Like that's not like even the right he didn't logo. Even, like no. say anything though. He's like, like if he's, you're going to work for free for yeah. me, I'm going to take it as long as I can get it. Yeah. But I got a lot of good in that eight months. I got a lot of good reps in doing the radio stuff and, and so what were you actually there. doing? Were you were you on air at all, or what? Were you just kind of behind the scenes? Yeah. So I, I started out. You do, there's a couple different jobs at the radio station that a lot of people start out with, and one of them was for baseball games and hockey games. Shout out to the Indians and the Chiefs. I would I would run the board in the studio. So mm -hmm. you'd be there would be the guy at the game calling the games. I would be back hitting a button to play the commercials, making sure his microphone's on when needed. Mm -hmm. So you kind of start there, and then I would set up events. You see like a radio station out for an event and I would set up the tent and sit there for three hours and throw some t-shirts around or something. Mm. So I did that, but they also had a, a local afternoon sports show and I wasn't tied into it. I would just come hang out. Mm. So I just show up and I'd be, I just was like, I'm going to do this every day. They were there three hours. I wanted to do that. So I'm just going to show up if they need me, if they want help with something, I'll be there. Otherwise I'm just going to hang out and be annoying. And so finally, they, a couple things happened. Their, their producer left, and so they brought me in at that role. The show got, got canceled, and then they offered me the show by myself, save a little money with just one person awesome. as opposed to three. Yeah. So I kind of just weaseled my way into the whole thing. And that was like, how old were you at this point? Tw oh, man, I'm tw I was 24. 24. 24 I, I get handed the keys to the car. At 24 yeah, years old, it's pretty special. And Luke, if if you, I've I've got a hard drive with them that will never <laughs> see the light of day, 
there there were the three worst hours of sports radio that anyone has ever done in the country. And it's like, they're brutal. But this was happening every day, Monday through Friday, baby. Three, three hours six, every day. By myself. That's, no one else there. It was brutal. Talk about just like, that's how you cut your teeth. That's oh, how you yeah. get the reps right there. That's awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I, I would just be in there like 30 minutes in going... I'm out of material. <laughs> I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, it's three thirty. I'm here till six. And what, what, like, how do you fill the whole time? Like, if you do hit that point, do you do you have a little something you can splice in to like help you out, or like, what's the? At the time, it's two thousand four, two thousand five. You can't text yet, hmm. so I have. I'm on. I remember being on MSN Messenger, and like just messaging all of my buddies who I could think of and be like, fellas, is anything happened in your guys' lives today? Have you thought of anything in the sports world that I could talk about? And so just begging and pleading for topics. And they finally started coming through with it. And then eventually the show started sort of clicking and I could get enough phone calls that if mm. stuff ran out, we could go to the phones. Yeah, And like it bailed out by just even more terrible sports radio calls to go along with terrible hosting just really not great but it was really fun to do <laughs> i bet that's funny i i have a lot of memories of sports radio growing up just being in the car listening with my dad like we loved jim rome that oh, was yeah. a big one for us i don't did you have any like big influences then or jim rome was was the first one i heard yeah so he was the guy i heard oh, tiling bathrooms and okay. i remember thinking he's this guy's got to be local because I didn't quite understand it, and I just thought, well, this is a local guy. He lives here. He was Jim Rome. And so I liked him. Uh, I liked Dan Patrick a little bit because mm -hmm. I knew him from Sports Center. so I thought he's cool. And uh, th those are like the two main guys that I listened to a bunch of growing up. I was not a big Colin Cowherd guy, even though he's an mm -hmm. Eastern guy. I think, that's a, I think that's wrong of me to say I might lose right. I my loyalty yeah. there, so that's bad. But, <laughs> but I loved those guys. I thought they were really cool. Rome was, the, Rome was my favorite, though. Yeah, I loved him. So inventive and so like creative with everything he'd do with like the people that listen and everything. And I loved his includes. I loved the, how yeah. he included people. Yep. The family part, exactly. right? He yeah. had his his group, and they were mm -hmm. all part what of. What did the, he call the, the clones or what the was clones? It? The clones. That's what it was. Yeah, and they had the smack off and all that. It was super yeah. cool. Yeah. All right, so you're doing that for how long? How long does that go? Okay, so that was. I mean, the, the it was on and off. It was hilarious. So we we did a. We did an afternoon show, or we did a weekend show for a second, where our very first guest was Jerry Rice, mm. out of like nowhere. <laughs> he was uh, like, the, it went downhill really quickly. We <laughs> thought this is like we're like we're gonna get Jerry Rice every week. <laughs> we never got another professional athlete ever again. So we did this weekend show, turned into the weekday show with just me. Did that for two years. They had some guys come in who who were upper management who just wanted to do a sports show. Mm. So then they did it, but they would come in with a piece of paper that had a script on it that they would read. Mm. When they were done with it, they would just walk out of the studio. And I would just, they would just say, okay, you're going to talk for the next hour and a half or, <laughs> or an hour or however long. So I did that for a little while. Then they gave me back the sports show ju to just me. I did that for a year and a half. And the building I was working at was just kind of, there was a lot, of a lot of turnover, a lot of change. Mm. And some of the guys that I, re I that I love that I worked for since 2009, they had a morning show on a country station. I didn't listen to country music, mm -hmm. didn't know anything about it, not the biggest country music fan at the time, but I loved their morning show. And so they left, and I begged and pleaded 
with Jay. Jay and Kevin show, and I, I beg and plead with Jay. I'm like, Jay, you got to take me with you. And he's like, dude, you got the sports show going. You'd have to leave it. I'm like, mm. no, we're good. I've got to go. And so they hired me to come down with them in 2009. I've been doing that since okay. 2009 with them. That's odd. I mean, man, that's like, especially we talk about a lot, like going through athletics and then kind of that's your whole world for so long and then not really knowing what's next. And to have someone from such an early age kind of know you hit your thing, you heard it on the radio, you've been doing it clearly great at it it's like I no left. i don't no, maybe not great at it but i can do it i can yeah. do it it's it's fun well so yeah you join you join the morning show and your on-air personality is slim correct yes sir so where does that come from i was wondering day this is this is the worst because <laughs> it's day one i get hired at the old radio station and the guy who hires me this toby guy is like okay well just so you know we have four or five Sean's working in the building right now. You're like, mm -hmm. the, I was, I think the fifth Sean. <laughs> and he's like, that's too many. He goes, that's too many. I go, okay. He goes, everyone's getting nicknames. So there's another guy, bigger dude. He gets big wash. His name was Sean Washington, big wash. I get slim. I forget what the other three guys nicknames get within a month. The three guys who I don't remember are all gone. So now there's just two of us. Mm -hmm. So I easily could have been Sean because this guy wanted to be big wash. <laughs> but after a month, Toby's like, no, nah, dude, you're slim. We've done it for a month. It's in. Yeah. So that's your name henceforth. And it's stuck since 2004. That's so awesome. it's so funny. My, I, it's, my wife will ask me a lot. She's always like, why, why uh, are they ever going to just start calling you Sean? <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, it's too late. We, that one got yeah. buried day one when I got hired. It's too late now. Yeah. Um, so I'll circle back to the, the country station, but at what point you you had something to do with like the Zags and were you covering them ever at all? Because I was just watching the whole thing you were talking about on the podcast with the Zag Man and Dude. all that. So where was where did that come in? Okay, so this the station I worked at was the home of the Zags okay. at the time. So we had it was great because in the late two thousands we had a lot of access to players and coaches mm -hmm. and the coaches happened to like the show I work for now. They were big fans of them back in the day. Jay and Kevin, in 1999, by the luckiest thing of all time, decided, oh, this is a cool basketball program. Let's follow them for the season. Hmm. And then let's just kind of latch onto them and see what happens. It's the year they yeah. make the turn, like make their big tourney yeah, run. Wow. It's the Casey Calvary year. And they're at they're there for everything. They go to the tournament, they're at every site. Wow. They're doing the morning show. So at the time, the Zags are not the Zags of now. So to have a local radio show in your hotel in wherever Atlanta or wherever they're, they're at was a pretty cool deal to the coaches yeah. because it was support from Spokane mm -hmm. and it was a way for them to pump up this team that was nobody's. And I know Fuey in particular coach really appreciated that. Mm. And then they did it every single year for about six years where they were at the, every single tournament game broadcasting multiple days before coach would come down and just hang players mm. would come down to the lobby and just hang that's changed now yeah <laughs> but they would just hang and it was like they, this is pre-internet this is pre any of that stuff this was the outlet for these players to be heard in spokane and mm -hmm. to people to get excited about the zags they weren't getting a lot of tv coverage and so that kind of got me tied in because i was tied in with the show mm. i got tied into that so i kind of 
got lucked my way into being friendly with some of the coaches. They let me have a little extra access. I always felt like to some yeah. of the players, I got away with a little more in my interviews. Yeah. Kind of ticked off a lot of the, I'm not <laughs> well liked in the, in the TV com circles here <laughs> because the TV people have to do it real interviews. And I'd be yeah. sitting around doing goofy, fun interviews yeah. with players. And I always got very fortunate with that. That's cool. Yeah. I think about that a lot with this even that's that's kind of the advantage i almost feel like we have sometimes is that we can say and do and talk about what we want yeah you know, it doesn't we don't have to follow any certain criterion or whatever it might be so and it, people it, want to know about that like well, they yeah. want to know the kind of the fun stuff that makes yeah. these people we watch every single game they want to know what makes them tick a little bit mm -hmm. yeah i bet it's changed a lot too that's interesting so you're you're doing that a little bit here and there but you get on the and the the main focus at that point is the country station in the mornings right yeah so that's now now since 2009 that's been focus number one i had a, a nice little stint for a couple years on espn radio with with former with former zag decent dan dickow mm -hmm. and we did a, a local radio show for a couple years tons of fun doing that with him it was a grind mm -hmm. it was long days because i was doing the morning show then the show with him, there'd be days I'd get home and I couldn't talk. I bet. <laughs> and so that we did that for a year and a half and I loved it because I love Danny. And so that was a, a ton of fun. Just the timing on it probably wasn't perfect. Yeah. But it got it got me in sports for a little bit. I gotta say I was on ESPN radio, which was yeah. kind of a dream for a while. But yeah, the, the the country, the morning show has been the focus. Okay. Yeah, I just heard he just did a podcast with John and I, I loved it. It was a good one. I'd recommend to anyone if they're hearing this to check that one out but is it nice just to be able to call him john <laughs> yeah I mean, well <laughs> I actually mean... actually you know it's really funny is and i've never really explained this to anyone but i so i grew up calling him mr stockton basically. yeah and yes you know because i've known him since i was five years old and uh as we got older that was like weird for me to call him that eventually. So then I was like, well, I don't, I'm not going to call him John. Like that doesn't really make sense. And then had it sometimes like the kids will call him Jay. So like I've experimented a little bit with that, but I've just settled on coach now. Cause he kind okay. of, he helped coach me. Cause I'm like, that's just the best, easiest, most endearing term for him for me at this point. But yeah. his fan, like he has like the most awesome family. I love that. You know, you've talked to uh, Michael and, and Houston and, uh, and please keep David out of here. But <laughs> I love that you've talked to them and and it's so cool. But like that's the one person in Spokane that to this day, and I've got fortunate enough to meet a lot of people and talk to a lot of people. I've never met him and I don't think I would actually be able to say words. Really? Like he's John Stockton. Yeah. Or John T. Yeah. But that's it's, like the legend of legends. For sure. For sure. We uh I'd love to have him on here. I think someday, you know, he'd probably be up for it. But it's it's taken me probably 20 years to work up the courage to have a real conversation with him, you know? So cool. It's It's been, you know, very fortunate. But, all right, so the one thing I was going to ask you, you mentioned it. I think Mike Stockton might have told me a story one time. He was, like, listening to the radio show, and there was something came up where they were, like, explaining to you a country song that you didn't oh, even know or, or whatnot. So I was wondering, like, you didn't know much about country, you said. So what's that like? Like, now you're on a... You know, country music people are very passionate about country music. So, what's that transition like? I hadn't heard. I hadn't heard that they're passionate about it. <laughs> uh, so, my, my my big flaw coming in, I did not listen to country music growing up. It didn't exist in Venezuela. There's no country music. There's hip hop. There's pop music, and then of course there's all Latin music. Mm -hmm. So, I moved back to the states, and I get into like the pop music scene. I love 
like some indie stuff and I love like some rock stuff. So I'm just, country is the furthest thing away from my mind. And it sounds so weird to me when I'd hear it. If I like had a girlfriend, I felt like every one of my girlfriends liked some kind of country music. Right. And so you'd, I'd hear it, I'm thinking, this doesn't make sense. This is so foreign. And so finally, 2009, I have to face the music because literally face the music because I'm going to be in it. And so Kevin, who I work with, is like, we've got to, you've got to get into it and we've got to kind of get the process rolling quickly (laughs) because if you don't like this and you don't know about it, you will be buried Mm. because you now work for the country station. And like you said, they're passionate. Yeah. And so I just never given it a chance. So Kevin knows me very well and he starts kind of easing me in with the closest thing to the music I like. And about a year and a half later, I'm like, this stuff rules. Mm. And at that point it was great because I had a whole collection a catalog of music that I'd never heard dating back, you know, a long time that I got to catch up on. It was kind of, it's yeah. kind of cool. Is it my favorite music? No, but I, I really appreciate it. And I really like it a lot. Yeah. It's like an education. I've, I've always thought that I, I was the same. I never grew up on country and I'll listen to it here and there, but I, if somebody were to like force me into doing it, I know I'd like it. It's yeah. just, you know, it's, I just haven't never really had that opportunity. What's or, like your band? Who's your band? Uh, so I'm, I grew up mostly on like hip hop and R&B. Like okay. I was like making like mixtapes of like Dr. Dre and Snoop and I was like a 10, you know, like the, you know, that, that era. And then like we, you know, we grew up on the like emo bands too, like Blink-182s, oh, yeah. like those ones and all that. So I like, I've always liked that, but yeah, mostly hip hop, R&B. What, what was your like favorite? So Weezer's band? like my band. Okay. Weezer's my band of bands, but they, I feel like there's like, there's not a lot from I'm, I'm old. I'm much older than you, and so there's not a lot of country pump up bands. I feel like from the '90s. Mm. So like with sports, yeah. that's kind of what I was seeking out. Right. And it's like you didn't Jock Jam's track six wasn't Alan Jackson, right? So <laughs> it was very difficult for me to want to seek it out because I was looking for pump up music yeah. back then. You didn't have that on a warm up tape. Yeah. Like. <laughs> now everyone has Snoop and and Dr. Dre because yeah. it's you're gonna get going. The blood's gonna start right. flowing. You're gonna be ready to play. But that was kind of how I lived my whole life through junior and high school. It's like what's gonna get me fired up to do athletics. And that just country was not a thing for that. So who's like your go-to country singer now? Oh gosh, my wife works in country music, so I have to say one of her artists. So I'm gonna, uh, Sam Hunt is someone I really like. Okay, uh, I actually do really like him. And then Morgan Wallen, everyone likes Morgan Wallen right now, so I can get okay. down with him. So what? Your wife is also involved? Yeah, my wife. Know? My wife works uh, for uh, Universal Music Group. And so she does a lot of, she reps a bunch of artists on the West Coast. Awesome. So, yeah, we got a lot of country music flowing through our house uh, right now. So my kids are getting brainwashed. I bet. Yeah, we went through uh, like a universal, just like their generic libraries for the pilot. So I had to go through all that to like license the music. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's insane. We, you know, we were very limited in budget and even to just get songs that mean nothing to them cost us everything. You yeah, know, to go through, and you have to go through thousands of songs to find the one that kind of fits what you're looking for because it's not being specifically written for the pilot or composed. You know, so my wife's best friend Emily works for a company that does all the licensing, mm. and I talked to her about it one day. And I could not believe when she was telling me prices that for stuff. I thought, 
how does anyone have any, how do you ever have a licensed song ever on anything? It's right. crazy. Yeah, we were, we were a bit lucky that they hooked us up a little bit, but yeah, it's, it is crazy. No doubt about it. Um, all right. So what would people, you've had a lot of experience doing the radio at this point. What would people be surprised to know about the radio? Oh, What's man. like behind the scenes that you're like, it'd be funny if people understood this. I think I think people are are surprised with how much preparation actually goes in to things that sound unprepared. Mm. Uh, I, I think that would be I think one of the big things would be that. I think a lot of people would be very disappointed. We we don't do this on our show just because we don't love it. But I think a lot of people would be surprised with how many segments are like recorded and not real. So like mm. call-in segments that are not real. And and we I mean we've done a couple of them over the course of a, a yeah. long time of doing radio, but you they get we you pull them off like they're real. We've had guests on our show that existed for a number of years. We had a guy who came on our show every single day or not every day, once a week for 5 years and did a character that everyone thought was real. He was he works uh, he works here in Spokane. He's just like this <laughs> one of our buddies, but there's so much of that. There's so much mm. that is more relatable to like a TV show where mm-hmm. you watch, you know, you watch The Office and you know it's recorded and all that, but you're being entertained by it. There's a lot more of that, I think, to live radio yeah. that people think is happening uh, with a little bit of smoke and mirrors. You believe it to be real. You're like, oh my gosh, that they, these people just went on a date and that happened. <laughs> and it's believable when you listen yeah. to it. But people are really good. We can get really good at making stuff sound real that is absolutely fabricated. For I mean, to that point, I've never thought about that. And yeah. then when you tell me it makes perfect sense, I'm like, yeah, because it's a it's entertainment at the it, end totally. of the day. Yeah. And and it's funny because from my aspect, I I've ruined it for some of my buddies who <laughs> love some shows that have that. I'm like, well, that's fake. Like that's something that we could our show could technically purchase and have on our show. Like it's a package that they'll work with you uh to make make it the segment work and they're like don't don't ruin it i'm like you're still gonna listen it's mm. still great the people who write all these things yeah. are excellent at it you're not it's not gonna you may think about it now but it's still very entertaining stuff what's, it's probably more entertaining because right. it's it's all pre-done right what's been the hardest part if you like look back to where oh. you started to where you are now the hardest part of anything whether it's podcasting radio, that world. And I I don't know if you've had to deal with this or not yet, but I think at some point you will wrestle with it. You don't know, you, there's, you can't see anyone who's listening. Hmm. So there are days we'll be doing something and I'll be sitting there going, there's no one listening. (laughs) There's no one listening. There's not one person out there listening. And my, the whole reason I got into all this is to, to hopefully make someone smile. In a day. That's my whole reason for doing anything that I do in this whole format is to make someone's day who's bad, try to make them have something bright, a bright spot in their, their morning, their day, whatever it is. That's my whole point of, of any of it. And there's days where you go, that wasn't funny. No one laughed at that. And you can't see it. And there's not like a reader on uh, the computer monitor that says, oh, 13 people just laughed <laughs> at your joke. And that part's hard. Yeah. And it can get in your head. If you feel like you've had a couple bad days and maybe, you, you know, we've got a text line, maybe the text line's not coming through with as many people going like, oh, it's really clever or whatever. It starts to get in your head and you have to fight through that and be like, no, I'm, I'm going to hope that there's people that did think that was funny. Yeah. At the, and that part's hard. 
that part's hard. Plus now more than ever, I imagine, right? As as people have veered more towards like podcasting or playing music off their phone yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's probably harder and harder to hear. It is. I, but I don't know if you've had that. Have you had that thing yet where you put out an episode and you're like, is anyone going to listen to this? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had that with this whole journey in general, you know, it's, but I just go back at the end of the day to like, I do this because I love doing it, you know, and, and I and I leave here these I leave these conversations buzzing just because I enjoyed it and I'm but like, it, but yeah. it rules in your pod your podcast this one particularly it rules it's Thank fantastic you. it's it's <clears throat> something that I wish people like your listeners need to know this if they know you if they know how to contact you just do it yeah shoot a little line that says man that was really good I enjoyed it even if it was bad you're like <laughs> I listened to it it wasn't my favorite but I'm gonna keep listening yeah the value of that if you listen to something hmm. for the person who does it is astronomical. I don't think people get that. Why would they? So that's one thing that's hard yeah. about this that I hope people do for you is like just show you a little bit of love for sure. It's cool. It's hard. It's hard work. I appreciate that. It's I I and I'm very bad at at that part of it of like asking people to do this or do that or you know it's just I've never been very comfortable with it and then this journey has made me have to grow a lot in that way but it's weird it's yeah, hard it is really weird i'm sure brennan you can uh, appreciate that as well the oh yeah I, I whenever someone tells me they listen to my podcast it's always a really great moment but it's like few and far between but i know people are listening but it's just like yeah, you don't get yeah. you don't get all the praise but it's all right i know i'm what i'm doing is is for the the good of the the, the people <laughs> brennan's, a, brennan's a monster i saw him running the other day through brown's edition and i was like <laughs> yo i told i was with my wife i told her i go that guy's a legend. I was like, that guy's the dude. That guy's the dude. She's like, why didn't you say something? I'm like, because I'm not going to, I'm like geeking out a little bit. I'm like, I'm not going to bother him. He's running. I'm not going to do run. that. Yeah. That's hilarious. I got, a little star I, I, get, I get a lot of, uh, a little, a lot of people see me in Browns apparently. And they like, so if you see me, that's another thing. Text me or like yeah. message me on Instagram. It's always, uh, it's always funny to, must be the outfits or something. You're, it was, you're it was the shorts. It's because I, it's because I run so fast. That's, that's right. what it is. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was to that point also. I wanted to ask about like Collins, right? Because you yeah. said obviously it's maybe it it comes off one way and it's it's different than it might seem. But I'm sure you've had some very interesting calls over the years. Do they are they Ooh. they're pre-screened? Is that they, right? Well, that is my boss is listening they are yes they are pre-screened absolutely you know we, we try to do a pretty good job of that but the way kind of with our show when i did the sports show i was loose cannon mm. because it was just me by myself i didn't have a producer so if the phone started ringing during a segment i had to I either had to answer it or just ignore it mm. and it was nice to have if when you're talking for three hours by yourself it was nice to have any other voices so you would take them totally unscreened and just cross your fingers. And it worked about 50% of the time, and it didn't. Now we at least know who they are, a quick bit of what they want to talk about. But at any moment, that can go south. At any moment, that can change. That can change. The second they start talking, you go, oh, you didn't want to talk about that. Yeah. You got me. Is there one that stands out? or? Uh, we had a guy call in. Man, this would have been a, a long while ago. And he fooled me so bad. He had me believing he was going to... He was a big fan of the show and, and it kind of felt a weird vibe, but he was so cool. And I was like, okay, this is great. And the second he got on, he threw out like another radio stations, like name their show and like threw a shout at them and then dropped, uh, dropped, I think I dropped an F-bomb oh, wow. on us. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, no, dude. 
no. So that was a little uncomfortable. About, uh, but yeah, it happens. It's hard. It's hard. You just, you know, you never know. You hope for the best. You hope the people who want to call and interact are doing it. But yeah, you can't avoid it always. Yeah, I mean, lives. That's a whole nother battle. You know, yeah. it's podcasting is one thing. You can edit or you can do whatever. But yep. live radio. That's uh, you got to be on your game for that and be ready for anything. <laughs> oh, dude, and it's and then you get people who will call in and they they do mean to have a good they want they want to do something, but the second the lights go on, they freeze mm-hmm. and they're like, "What's happening?" I can see that because you're wa- they're waiting sometimes a very long time, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that they they hear the click in their headset, and it's kind of pressure. It's kind of <laughs> pressure because it's not as easy as you're in your car talking to us all the time, and now that it's just you, it gets a yeah. little tricky. Yep. Well, and then on that note, so throughout this time, you've also done a lot of podcasting, right? Like you've been on different podcasts, you've had a few, you now have your own, which I'll get to that as well. But how many podcasts have you had or been a part of? (laughs) Okay, so there's a a thing that we had, we, we did some research on this. I started my podcast September 2005. Okay. So... Apple started this podcasts. Is your podcast, this is mine. Your, your personal yeah. podcast. Okay. So Apple started podcasts in June of 2005. Oh wow! So we were trying to figure out the numbers. The best we could get is that it was like one of the top, the first 600 podcasts ever wow. created. So we started there. It's the one of the worst, but we started <laughs> early. So like we have that going. I have that going for me. But I did. I've just kind of always done my own podcast because I really liked that outlet. Mm. I've just, I always, I treat it like a journal. It's kind of been my journal for life. Mm-hmm. I talk about things that are happening. And every now and then I'll go back and I'll be like, what was I talking about in 2011? Mm. And it's really cringy to listen to, <laughs> but it's kind of fun to hear the content and be like, oh my gosh, I was doing that with these guys. I don't even, I need to text them. I haven't talked to yeah. them in a long time. So I did that. I've, I've worked for a couple, big video game guy, worked for a couple video game podcasts. I uh, did a, a basketball podcast for CBS Sports for a little bit. That was kind of cool. And then I'm trying to think what other ones, just kind of here and there, little attempts at getting into podcasts with people. People wanted to try some new stuff that didn't didn't pan out. But I've been a part of, man, it's been a 30 to 50 <laughs> podcasts over the course of the last 20 years. Now, when you're, and I'm hearing you talk, I'm almost thinking of it as like an athlete, right? So <laughs> I, I, do you have like a regimen? Do you have like a, do you drink tea every night? Do you have to, have you had any issues with like the, any of that over the years? That's an interesting tidbit to me. Lot, during, man, this has been, it must have been 2020 because I, I was at home. We were working from home and I, my, I had a major issue with my throat. I, I had so mm. much phlegm in it. I couldn't get it to stop and I couldn't effectively do the morning show Mm. and it became a huge problem and found out i was at home so i was drinking coffee at home in the morning and we have coffee creamer because i i don't like coffee Mm. so we had coffee creamer and i was like this is kind of cool the creamer was messing up my throat and it was causing me to not be able to talk more than three minutes without having to clear my throat and it got really bad so i cut the creamer out and it still took like two three months to get through that so i've kind of been just like you said tea we are a big tea family yeah. on the morning show. I it's bet. tea every morning, tea during the show, and a lot of water. I bet. And the second I stop sleeping, the second I stop sleeping well, I'm toast. Mm. You don't sleep, it's bad. Yeah, it's rough. It's, I mean, you're you're performing basically every day. It's so a lot I, of talking. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of talking. And it's I, I I've gone through this process. I I edit all our videos and stuff too. So I'm like, oh man, I gotta. I gotta like take a nap before I do this or something. I gotta, you know, you, you you hear all your ticks and all these things that you have to get better at and whatnot. But 
it's it's fun to go through it. So on the on the podcast, I I've listened to a few. So I listened to the Hoop Fest one, which I'm going to get to, and then Gosh, dang. the most recent one you just did was the Zagman one. And Wild. I, I wanted you to share that story if you don't mind repeating it. Oh, Luke, Luke are you are you a Steph Curry guy? So I, this is another thing I had to talk to you about because I w- I would say I I. I probably am. I, I probably am at this point. I'd say he's just out of what he's done, and I know you appreciate what he's done for the oh. game as well. And I've al- I was always kind of a shooter, and it's hard for me not to love another shooter. And so I, Be- I'd probably best shooter am. ever, right? Yeah. Best shooter ever, yeah. best basketball player ever. Is he there? I, so, probably in the conversation. Okay. I heard you say that, and I was thinking, you know, it's probably worth debating. Yeah, when when so. when one of my buddies. This kids comes up to me who's Steph Curry era and says Steph's the best ever. I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. what am I gonna? I'm gonna show you numbers, and you're gonna show me mm-hmm. never missed a three pointer ever in the history of his life. And I that's hard to argue. <laughs> so, so in 2008, I'm trying to get in with the Jay and Kevin show. I'm trying to get in, trying to kind of get my feet in the door there because I really enjoy their show. I think they're very. They're I'm listening to them in the mornings. They're super creative, and I like their outlet. So they're involved with Gonzaga. And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing some Gonzaga stuff. Let's like get entrenched in the Gonzaga world. So we decide to make Kevin and, and me, who Kevin does the morning show, he's like, you're going to be Zagman. So we're going to make a superhero. We're going to get really tight spandex. And I do not have a body for spandex. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I do not. And we're going to get really, really tight spandex. We're going to make a logo that's a big Z in a crest and then we're going to put Zagman underneath it. We're going to get a, a mask, a bl- like a blue mask you wear, and a red cap that you pull over your face. <laughs> and we're going to make this. And he's like, if you guys can, if you, my friends and I can make a series of videos leading up to the NCAA tournament about Zagman, we'll build some momentum about him. Like, wow, Zagman's a Zag superhero, just kind of whatever, for fun. <laughs> we'll take you to the tournament. And they're like, then all you have to do is the, from the second you walk in the gym until the end of the game, you dance. All you have to do. That's it. Yeah, you dance the whole time. <laughs> Commercial, like you don't get a stop. So this is from the beginning until the end. And they're like, we'll take you to every single tournament game on this run. Zags had a great team that year, a good team that year. Sorry, Rob. Uh, and they had a good <laughs> team that year. And we'll go to all the tournament games. And this will be fun. You'll dance your way through. And eventually... There will be the goal was Zagman will be noticed in the crowd by CBS like one shining moment. Status. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, like yeah. we're trying to make it in one shining moment. Yeah. This is the guy who's been to three, four games and is dancing nonstop like he's the St. John's mascot. And so we're we're like excited about this. So we make this video series. We post it to YouTube in 2008. There's YouTube is like me and the. The David bit my finger kid or whatever is I checked out one of the interviews because you mentioned it on the podcast. You're like, oh, go check so it out. I don't even bad. know if it's like still there, but dude, they're so bad. <laughs> so we make these videos, put them to YouTube. We don't know what we're doing. And we head to to Raleigh, North Carolina. So Zagman makes his trip to Raleigh, North Carolina. Get to the game. Dancing my butt off. Stephen Gray is on fire. We're gonna win the game. Zags are gonna win. I'm already excited. I'm like, I can do this. I can I got the stamina to dance all tournament. <laughs> And so I'm already mentally, I'm on to Saturday. I'm like, we're Saturday's game. I'm going to dance even better. What kind of dance moves can I do? This is going to be wonderful. Steph Curry happens and he starts getting hot. And now I'm dancing to Davidson, taking, <laughs> taking my, my life away. So we get no notoriety on this at all. Mm. Nothing. 
so that's okay. But like the hope was that at some point we had one shiny yeah. moment. Yeah. Zagman, we put all this effort in for nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so it's always a joke on the show. We just laugh about, oh yeah, remember all the work we put into Zagman for nothing? Anytime we bring up something we want to do that's going to require a lot of work, we reference Zagman. We're like, are we okay with this thing Zagmanning mm. and failing? And so that's been like the ongoing joke. Friday night, Steph Curry's documentary comes out. And my phone, I'm at a wedding. Or I'm at a reception for a wedding or like a, a meetup. Everyone's in Austin, Texas. Everyone who got there, we meet up at this bar to just kind of hang out and see people. My phone starts going crazy. And I panic because my kids are here in Spokane. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, it's going to be, I'm going to pull my phone out. It's going to be my mom and dad. The kids, something happened. I'm going to have to get back. And it's my buddies. It's some former Zags. And they're like, dude, Zagman is on the Steph Curry documentary. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I we couldn't get notoriety in 2008, but my least favorite guy in the league right now has me in his documentary dancing. Oh, so it took 15 years, but our hard work finally paid off. And Zagman made it in a two second clip. Such a good story. I, I appreciate you telling that. I had a I had a blast listening to that. <sighs> and the way you said it, it was funny because when you were talking about it, I obviously knew nothing. And I was like, okay, he's talking about Steph Curry. I'm like, then Zach. I didn't. I had no idea where you were going with. There's it. the tie-in. And you tied it back. Gosh, it was, it was dang. <laughs> yeah, I just that was. Uh, I was like, didn't know if I was happy or sad. I didn't know. I was like, man, I wanted. I so badly wanted to be in the Stephen Gray documentary, and I ended up in the Stephen Curry documentary. So that was a bummer. How's the documentary? I haven't checked it out yet. Uh, Did it you was, watch it all? No, I, I, no. I, I, so I don't love Steph. Yeah, and so it's a big commitment if you don't like. <laughs> I, I will. I think I will watch it again. The reason I, I dislike things for the dumbest reasons, Luke. And so I really, like you said, I appreciate yeah. him as a hooper. I think he's a, he's spectacular. So I, I, I do want to watch it at some point because mm -hmm. of how much he affected basketball. And I love hoops. So yeah. I want to watch it for that. Well, that's a good transition. Why don't we get to hoops? Because Let's we, get always, to hoops, we baby. always talk hoops. And uh, I've had a lot of fun talking about everything else. But so... Say it, walk me through as all this stuff is happening in your career. Explain to me your your hoop commitment during that time. What what's your relationship to it? How often you're playing? When? Where? You know what's the? So I I w always wished I was playing more. Okay. I didn't have as many connections coming up. I didn't grow up playing basketball here, so I didn't have the connections yeah. to like guys who have runs, and so I I just truly relied on finding open open gyms or at a gym and maybe like oh saturday mornings at a specific workout facility in town we'll have like a run or anytime i saw a outdoor court and there was guys playing that would be maybe my time to go jump into a game mm -hmm. and that was my entire existence with hoops in spokane washington was just trying to be part of mainly outdoor runs during the spring summer and early fall and that that's that's been my entire time with with hoops here and it's worked out okay it's been it, the last 10 years it's been a lot of hoops a lot mm -hmm. more hoops but from about 2000 to 2015 it was just very sporadic amount of hoops yeah. never enough there's yeah. never enough never enough time never enough consistency never enough recovery for the body that's also true <laughs> it's also true um so when does Peaceful Valley start? When do you start playing down there? All right. So this is my this is my number one 
passion in my life outside of my family is Peaceful Valley. <laughs> that's that's real. More than work, more than anything, Peaceful Valley Run is my 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 baby, my my first child. So 2003, a buddy asked me to go down to this court under a bridge here in Spokane. Sweet court, nestled down in this in this weird area of town, and it's under a bridge, so it's shaded. Mm-hmm. So it's summer, and it, we're, we're in shade. It's 100 degrees. It's shaded. I'm like, this is the greatest court ever. <laughs> and at the time, there was a bunch of Spokesman Review newspaper writers who did a a bunch of bat played a bunch of hoops down there. They were really good. Mm. And so we I latched on to them and I got part of be part of their run. And so this would have been from about 2003 to 2007. These guys also played in Hoop Fest. They were the paper boys. There was cool. a media division they wanted every year. Good hoopers. And I got to play with them. So I fell in love with Peaceful Valley. Just adored that court. And over the years after that Made a couple of friends who liked hoops. We'd play on Saturdays. So we'd go down there Saturday. You can play in the heat. Didn't matter. And we got this run going for about five years down there just on Saturdays. Mm. There'd be a lot of different kinds of people who would show up to play there, but that was kind of the magic of it. Yeah. 2016 rolls around, and I'm going through a bunch of stuff in my personal life. A guy who now is one of my very best friends worked for one of the TV stations at the time, my buddy Darnay. He's got some stuff going on, but he loves hoops. We somehow met, our paths crossed, and we ended up hooping at Peaceful Valley together, just shooting hoops and talking life. Mm. And just kind of just like talking through stuff. I was talking through a bunch of stuff with him, and finally he goes, we need to just start playing here. He goes, I know a bunch of guys who played up at a, a gym on the South Hill. He's like, I bet you I could ask them to come down and play here, and we could make some stuff happen. I go, okay, well, I can ask some guys too. And so 2016, about May, we get a bunch of guys who come down and had never seen Peaceful Valley, fall in love with the court. So we're like, this might become a regular thing. Everyone's like, let's play every Tuesday. They're like, that's not enough. Let's play every Tuesday and Thursday. And so we get a really good group of a bunch of media people in the area, a bunch of these TV guys, young legs, and a bunch of guys from this gym who were very connected in the the open gym world. So they start throwing the invites out on Facebook, like, hey, this is the run. And it kind of blew up and we were getting, you know, it's noon when people are supposed to be working on Tuesdays and we're getting 26, 27 people coming down to this court that just has one court. Yeah. And we're just in like intense runs where the game's getting really, really intense because if you lose, you're out for a while. You're sitting. Or maybe you're out for like, you might lose your first game and go, I'm not waiting for an hour. Going back to work. (laughs) So the games got really good. It also weeded out a lot of people who weren't serious about it. Yeah. Um, the games got really intense and good. And we've been able to kind of ride that. It's died down a lot in the last couple of years. A lot of people moved, mm. but we kind of built this really fun, intense run down there that I've made some of my very best friends at hoops. Like mm. there's a couple of guys down there who I did not know from Adam in 2016. And they're like my very best buddies now in 2023. Well, shout out some of those guys because I wanted you to say like some of the OGs because I heard you talk yeah. about that too and like the, the best Peaceful Valley player ever, the debate down yeah. there and some of that. <laughs> so my buddy Darnay, he worked for uh, uh, Channel 2 here in Spokane for a number of years. He's like the worst player that was ever down there, but he is <laughs> but he is like one of the, the, the OGs. He's like, he and I are kind of the guys who got it all going. We have a buddy, Wes, who's really a great player. He was there day one. Doesn't miss. Great shooter. Mid-40s. Looks like he's in his 30s, so very deceiving to the mm-hmm. young kids who come down. But I got to give a shout-out to my guys, Marcus and Mike. They're down there. Two guys I met who are my very best friends now. Simply met them through hoops down there, and it's that's wild. 
some of the other OG guys we got our buddy Alex who's down there a lot. Um, I don't want to miss guys now. Now there's pressure because wasn't there like a gray? You said somebody. Gray. Yeah, we don't. He doesn't get a shout out. He doesn't get a shout out. He doesn't. He he's uh, soft and so. But but these kind of these these there's good players down yeah. there. Like some guys who played a little bit of college, and for some reason come down there Tuesdays and Thursdays and and play. We missed Michael came down and played one time, and we missed Stockton's appearance to Peaceful Valley. He came oh, down with no. Anton Watson. Oh wow! And I didn't. I missed it, and I was like, "Are you kidding?" I missed when the big boys <laughs> came down. Uh, Josh Heitfeld was a guy who came down. Former Zag. He played with us for a couple summers. Matt Brunell played at Eastern. Really good player. He played with us for a summer or two. It's been it's been some good some good dudes who hooped down That's there. That's awesome, Jesse. I know you know yeah. Jesse. Mm -hmm. I hate he's too good for <laughs> us. Like he's too good of a player. But like he's a guy who I don't know that our paths ever would have crossed in life like yeah. his interests so much different than mine kind of the the, the age difference is is crazy mm -hmm. but he's my guy i would do if he ever needed anything and he messaged me and he's like hey man i need help moving or whatever drop of a hat mm -hmm. a drop of a hat i'm there such a great guy i want to give a shout out to jesse as well because he's been like one of the ogs of the real rat crew and cool. the real rats like who have just followed everything we've done and the first time I came down there, I brought him a shirt and everything, and then we played the ones. That's Love what I was talking that. about. Yeah, he's so, good. He's yeah. real. He's nice. He's awesome. Him and him and Nate. Nate was killing us that day, shooting fireballs. But we, uh, yeah, one of the things I've actually thought a lot about doing through all this is maybe making like a real rat run where we could kind of use everything we're doing to organize like a a game once a week or something like that. So yeah, I love that. I love that you do that and put the effort into that because it does take work and. You know, to be on everybody. Hey, guys, come on, keep showing up. Like, let's keep it rolling. And yeah, our our tough part with ours is, and where we lose a little bit of it, guys. Like, there's a guy. I don't know if you know Shan Furch in town. Mm -hmm. He has a run that is, I mean, it's one of the biggest runs. Stockton's run is the biggest run in Spokane. Yeah. It's the miss, the magical John Stockton run on whatever I think it's Sunday is like you Sunday just hear league, it, yep. you hear about <laughs> it, and it's the run of runs. Then Shan's run is the next best one, but these runs are are. Top level, the, about as good of basketball as you'll ever play in your life mm -hmm. runs. We kind of pride ourselves in being, if you love hoops, this is kind of what we incorporated a long time ago. If you love hoops, we wanted you to play. Yeah. And I, I don't care if you're really, really, really bad or if you're amazing, everyone's going to get to play on that court. And the only guys we ever have tried to, I like there's there's one guy I feel bad about. I feel bad. I didn't know who he was. KJ Hassett, if you're listening to this, former GSL guy, like, dude, I apologize to you forever. If you are somebody who comes down and just shoots a lot and you don't want to play team ball, we've got a lot of guys who aren't great who play. We want them to shoot. Yeah. I want them to get a shot. I want them to, you know, get to get to play a little bit and have fun. And so if guys come down and don't pass and don't get involved in that and start to talk a little bit about the level of play. We get a little on yeah. you for that. And that has been where I kind of lose a little bit of my luster a lot of yeah. times because I'm pretty vocal about it. We want to be a very inviting run. And that's kind of been mm -hmm. our niche yeah. in the community is that if you like hoops, come play with us. We're going to welcome you in with open arms. For sure. And that's important because it's hard to police after a certain time. You don't want to spend the whole time arguing. No. You don't want to you know, it, it can get really old to just watch somebody shoot every time. Yeah. And so I totally get that. And it's hard to watch someone for me anyways. It's hard for me to watch someone who comes down and runs a whole lot. And they, maybe their defense isn't great. Their offense is terrible. But they're running and they're yeah. trying and they're involved. And to see them get iced out right. for, a, for a whole day 
never get a touch and just kind of leave defeated. They just wanted to come hoop. That for me is someone who really loves basketball mm -hmm. for the level we're playing at. That, that doesn't need to happen in Stockton's run or right. Shan's run. That doesn't belong there. But in ours, like that's what we want. I want someone who maybe is trying to figure out if they like basketball or not to come down and use us as kind of a springboard into it. Yeah. I'm glad you laid it out like that, like the, the top games and everything like that. Cause I think that's something we've been trying to articulate with the pilot and why we did this in Spokane and why this is the perfect place for this story, like real rad and all that. Because in in your opinion, because when I mean you were just telling me that, I was sitting here thinking like there are so many good games that you're almost in competition of getting guys because yeah. there's so many options for them yes. to go and play. Yes. So why 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 Spokane? What what is it like in your opinion, dude? I, it's I, we have such a community. The one thing I've learned doing the morning show, this community is like community. Yeah. And they back community stuff. I think when I think Hoop Fest is going to get a lot of credit mm -hmm. for where we are in this city for the love of hoops. I think we've got good collegiate programs. That have, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. Gonzaga, I don't know if you heard about them. They're okay. <laughs> but like even like Whitworth is is has great hoop history to them. Eastern's got some great hoop history. WSU has their their runs. Like they had, they had that the red hot team in the late 2000s that was just like crazy. There's good basketball mm -hmm. at our colleges around here. And and I think also you mix in with with Hoop Fest, like the love of basketball here. We also have really good outdoor courts mm. that are that are comfortable to play at during the summer. It's not 105 degrees. Mm -hmm. It's comfortable to get out and play at our courts outdoors for the most part. And I think that makes it a little more welcoming to people who see a court and you're like, I want to go try that out. Mm -hmm. You're not just immediately dripping sweat all over the place. It's a great point, and that's a big you know props to to Hoop Town and everything they've put in to to putting in the park courts and refurbishing them and things like that. So. All right, let's finish. The other mystery run yeah. real quick that I bet you you're a part of. Are you part of the Spokane Club run? I'm imagining you No, are. so I heard a lot about it. But Houston. <laughs> Houston, that's on you, bud. For yeah. not, that's he, brutal. He talked to me a little bit about it, but he doesn't play down there much anymore, so that that was part of it. He torched um, us one game. Just absolutely just <laughs> yeah. buried us. We call the guy, so Deshaun Bedford shot our film. Do you know him at all? He's a, I, he's a I, hoops guy? I know the name. Okay, so he... He had a funny thing. There was something around town at one point called the Love League. This was before I lived here. Okay. And Deshaun and his business partner, Mike, like announced the games and filmed no them. No way. And he, we were talking about maybe bringing him back because this is like one of Houston's fondest memories. And they they dubbed him Two Scoops because if you've ever played with him, he has full of the lefty, you know. It's unreal. <laughs> it's the dumbest shot. Yeah. It's un, uh, For some reason, it's unguardable. Yeah. He just gets there so quick. Puts that thing up, the wrong foot, wrong everything. Mm -hmm. You're like, what just happened there, Houston? Mike was pissed the other day because I guess Houston iced a game with a with a pull-up three, and H isn't, isn't Steph Curry out there generally. No, so. no, <laughs> no. That's cool, though. That's just, awesome. Yeah. I'd never heard of that run before. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the, there's and that, that's a lot of why we're, we're doing the podcast, too, is to just, like, hear, share those stories, hear those stories, because th that's what happens runs come they go that's it's hard to keep up with them especially in that case they were literally broadcasting out like a men's league so that's where, where to, was this at i don't know i can't remember where they said it was but yeah that's so creative it was you like, could, there's some youtube that you can go and, and check i can see if i can pull it up later after this but what a way to promote a run mm -hmm. like to get that kind of level of it i'd want to go every week for that's sure so cool 
So let's finish with Hoop Fest, and I'm going to give you what we give everyone, the real rat quiz at the okay. end, and okay. then we'll get you out of here. But uh, I listened to your recent Hoop Fest pod, and sounded like it was a battle this year, as it always is. Um, I didn't play this year. I, I, I'm hoping to make a return in 24, and we have okay. some we have some things related to Real Rad and some storylines we're trying to get in. You were grinding doing interviews, man. Yeah, I was. It, we did a lot of promotion because we put out the pilot online that weekend. Okay. So otherwise, I probably would have played. But I heard you talking about the road to Hoop Fest 24 and yeah. and what it's gonna take and yeah. and getting in the gym and all that. So. Walk me through Hoop Fest. You're, you've played 20 plus years. You played every year since 2000. Every no, every year. year since 97. Every year, because I was here those summers. I lived in Venezuela. I'd come back in the summer. So I played every year since summer of 97. Okay. Uh, we almost missed this year. And I was like, that would have been the end of the streak. But the team came together at the last second, which was great. Yeah. But dude, as I get older, there was a sweet spot, I think, in your 30s, in my 30s, where you kind of, it kind of clicks, like basketball clicks, mm. where you go, I'm not the most physical, but I understand how to conserve my energy and use it. And I got on a heater for a number of years, and it was it was a sweet spot. That is over because now my energy <laughs> is gone. And the dudes who play at my age, so I'm, I'm 41, the dudes who play at my age are in really good shape for the yeah. most part. And I'm just not a body. So the second we ran it, we ran into a six seven guy who could have scored on me. I mean, he could if he wanted to, he could have scored 20. Yeah, but he started getting nice. And we smoked a couple other teams. We were winning like 2010, 28, 2012. Six, seven guy, he beats me 2010. I'm mm. like, yeah, dude, that's your, that's going to happen. How tall was your biggest guy? Me. Mm. So that's not good. Six, three and six, yeah. three and weak. That's tough. If that's especially in Hoop Fest, you get a big, strong guy who's going to be able to just bully people around. And he was good. And then he started hitting threes. So describe in your terms, like the, the, prototype hoop fest player because that's what i'm always amazed by every year when i go out and i'm watching games i'm like these guys are just humongous like <laughs> mike hart's the best hoop fest player of all time uh sorry parker parker kelly i love you mark axton uh, you know i love you to death My, <laughs> mike hart is the best hoop fest player ever it used to be david pendergraph then maybe mark but i think now it's i think now it's mike okay but that's the that's the ultimate guy he mike yeah. hart can score anytime yeah. uh, he can shoot it he can get to the basket but he plays crazy defense and he goes after every single rebound, no matter what. Mm -hmm. You get a guy like that at Hoop Fest who can do that, you mentally and physically wear out another team mm -hmm. because you demoralize them. The second you get an offensive rebound against someone in Hoop Fest, they're just like, what happened? Mm -hmm. That's the worst feeling in the world. So if you can be at a Mike, if Mike, if you want to play on my team next year, that'd be fine. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Uh, my yeah. brother-in-law actually is, he played at Texas A&M okay. and started there. He was there, Mike Hart. Uh, in like the 2004, 2005. He's might maybe even a little better than Mike. So he played with us one year and we tried to play as high up a level as we could. And he was like, this is the coolest thing ever, but I never want to play anything other than competitive. Cause he saw Mike Hart play and was like, that's the guy I got. I've got to guard him. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I need to guard him, but you need someone like that. Who's just physically so, so talented, but also mm -hmm. can just grind and doesn't get tired. Just a crazy energizer bunny. Brennan, yep. your your brother's team had a guy like that. And I didn't know his name because I was thinking about this after. I don't know if you would know. Oh. Uh, he was like a little fire, kind of like a fire. Oh, Tyler Smith. The guy was he, everywhere. I was yeah, like, he's wow, a, he, Yeah, he's a, he's. He's very uh, active. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a he's a I think he's a personal not a personal trainer. He's like, yeah, he's very active. Yeah. So well, and and that's what I always say. Like I'm like, I swear 
if you are like incredible at CrossFit or something like that, like you're gonna kill it at Hoop Fest. Okay. It's almost like a different game. That's so funny you say that. My, so my <laughs> my brother in law, who's who can hoop, yeah, he got into CrossFit. Okay, and he was like number twenty seven in the yeah. world in men's in CrossFit, and so he's just like a physical specimen. It's it's not fair. It's not fair. But you say that, and that's exactly what it takes. You get yeah. those guys who are just uh, so physical. And on those coach courts in downtown Spokane, Oof. without like really tight officiating, you are an absolute game changer. You're getting arm barred on every single play. Every play. You're getting, it's, it's like it's worse than 80s and 90s NBA basketball. Yes. For sure. <laughs> so. Yes. And once they realize they can bang a little bit, then it's yeah. even, then you're like, oh, for sure. gosh. My friends and I always laugh that like, at this age it takes like a six-week dirty bulk and like a trt session to like get ready for hoop fest (laughs) and even at that point if you go against the big dudes you you just can't miss yeah yeah if you pick your game right where you can't miss against them you will win because that's the beautiful equalizer of twos and ones at hoop fest that's right we're firm believers of threes and twos down a peaceful valley (laughs) firm believers of it people hate it but we value that a little bit keeps people from just shooting threes all the time yeah kind of makes people get yeah. to the rim but yeah like but sunday league they play to seven by ones i i see i kind of like it it, yeah. it does mean have you played in the sunday league yeah so you i dog. played i you played uh, a lot back in the day and i haven't haven't yet made uh gotten the invite back yet so Look, you got crazy <laughs> game we need to put together because a lot of us out there love this podcast and haven't seen you play mm. <laughs> we i need there to be like some kind of mixtape like, I don't know what N1, does N1 still offer mixtapes? Like, we need... I, well, what's funny is when I went down to Peaceful Valley and we were playing ones with Jesse and his friend, Yeah, I was thinking, man, if if we do keep continuing Real Rad and then, like, it does become popular to any extent, like, I am going to be, like, number one most called out person for, like, one-on-one here in town or, like, people just going to go out my head everywhere I go. We are <laughs> so. waiting for you to show up. <laughs> For a noon run, like we're all waiting. I'm ready. Bait and breath. I, I I am a lot better conditioned now than I would have been six months ago. So I'm ready. Right. I'm ready to go. All right. I'll get on your team. That way I don't have to be embarrassed. <laughs> all right. Well, let's finish with the real rat quiz. All right. Um, so these are quicker, quickish hitters. Some of them will make you think. Um, but anything that comes to mind. So, number one, what's one line or phrase from a coach or mentor you still remember? Uh, this is the dumbest answer. My dad coached me in high school. Okay. And I had, I'm very emotional. And it was, I was very emotional after my last game. And we lost, and it was the game we should not have lost. I was very selfish. I wanted the shot to win it. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it, and I was open. And I, will, and I mm-hmm. took that very personally, and I was not happy. And my dad just put his arm around me and said, I love you. And, we, and you love basketball. And that's all he needed to say to me. And I was like, yeah, man, that's... That's great. Yeah, I, I love basketball. Mm-hmm. So I can be this big baby a, a lot of times, but I love hoops. And so whenever I get down on myself, I do think of my dad that night after I made a fool of myself uh, throwing a fit on the court of him just like putting his arm around me and being like, I love you and, and you love mm-hmm. basketball. And so it was it's just kind of the reality of why I'm emotional to it, but I, I always value that. Have you passed on? You have you have kids you said who play? I do. I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. My one-year-old son, Huck, the only thing he likes in life is basketball. That's all he likes, which means I I went early. <laughs> I went too early. He's peaked. And I so it. I know by now he's five years old. He's going to be like, I'm so sick of this. Yeah. Get me into cars. And I'm going to say, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> all right. Number two, worst hoops injury. 
Um, uh, in 10th grade, went up for a dunk, got, uh, my legs went out underneath me mm. and hit my, hit my wrist on the rim and it kind of propelled me around. I landed on my face, uh, shattered my nose. My nose went all the way sideways. But what I didn't realize, my wrist on my left arm, it went from where my rear wrist connects to your hand. My wrist went up inside my hand to where my middle finger is. So it went, my hand was on top of my arm. And so that wasn't great. And it was in Venezuela where the medical field isn't the greatest. We went to the doctor and he said, do you want me to fix your arm or your hand? I said, my, or your your nose or your hand? I said, my hand. (laughs) He said, okay. He handed me a towel. My mom is in the room with me. He hands me a towel. He puts it in my mouth. He goes, okay. And he just pulled my hand. And it was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt. Wow. The sound was dreadful. I, I, my hands will start sweating thinking about it. Oh. And he just, that's how they looked at me. He's like, welcome to Venezuela, bud. I was like, yeah, dude, thanks. Appreciate <laughs> that might you. take the cake. Wow. It was bad. That's a, it was bad. That's one. out there. What, Kids so don't you, dunk. Just so play below little, the rim. You had some bounce. I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. Well, how, what, I should have asked this earlier. What, how do you describe yourself? What's your game? Lazy and shoot a lot of threes. <laughs> what, <laughs> what's your NBA comp? Or like, um, Ooh, my NBA. That's a great question uh, because I love, love the league. I, I kind of am a little uh, – this is the, not a great one, but I'm kind of a little P.J. Tucker okay. but with more vocal because <laughs> I, I I do a lot of dirt. I'm more of a dirty work guy. You're a dog a little I bit. I like to pass a little bit. And and everyone peaceful is going to rip me for saying P.J. Tucker because I don't mean it in the sense of I'm, I'm as good as him. But I will get under people's skin a little yeah. bit. That's kind of my point. Hit, a, shoot a couple shots. I like it here and there when I get open to an open spot. But I love distributing. Okay, I like that. <laughs> All right, number three, most embarrassing hoops moment. Oh boy, uh, there's. I feel like a lot of these <laughs> ones. I'm going to give you a peaceful valley one because I'm going to uh, pump up the peaceful valley run. It's great. Uh, we're up. 13-2, we played a 15. We're up th- or 12-3. We're up 12-3. And the team I'm playing against is full of all the best players. And I've got a couple guys on my team who aren't the greatest. And we're up, th- we're gonna bury them. We're up 12-3. And I start running my mouth to another level. And it starts to slip slowly, slowly. And they start to chirp at me a little bit. And I'm like, well, I'll just finish it off. I'll hit. You know, gotta get one bucket. Uh airballed a jumper from the from the elbow. Uh, missed a layoff off the bottom of the rim. Two uncharacteristic things for me. They come down, hit a three when they needed it. And uh, I think I just left that day. But it was bad. It was bad because I was running my mouth on like another level that day. Yeah. And so you don't really live that one down ever. And it's brought up pretty much every time one of those guys is at the court. Mm. It's brought up. You ever been dunked on? I have been dunked on. I got dunked on by Casey Calvary on the, mm. at the Spokane Club. And while he did it, he caught it on the post, felt me guarding him, realized there was nothing there. <laughs> he turned around, and as he jumped up, he said, sorry, Slim, and then dunked on my head. Ooh, that's, that's, a good, that's that great. Was, that was brutal. That actually might cover the next one, which is best line of trash talk you've received or witnessed. And then for you, I also put or given, because I know you can talk a little trash. We, so. <laughs> so this guy, Darnay, is one of my best, one of my best friends. And uh, we got into each other during one game where he was like, mad at me physically lifting me up and trying to carry me off the court <laughs> one of those kind of games and i'm still somehow getting open and making lucky shots and so it was driving him crazy and i got up into his face at the end of it and i was like we beat him 
And I told him to get off my court. I was like, this is my court. Get off my court. And I wouldn't stop. And so I'm feeling confident yelling at him, get off my court, this and that. And he finally snapped. And he ran up to me and I thought, he's going to bash my brains. <laughs> and right as he's getting ready to punch me, he realized, what are we doing? And we are chest to chest. I'm terrified. And he stopped because he's a good human being. I probably would have punched him if it was the other way around. <laughs> and that was probably the one. We, we crossed the lines, but it was kind of, we look back on it as a fond moment. That I was just weird. <laughs> All right. Number five, favorite basketball movie. Uh, you're going to have to give me on technicality. Is Hoop Dreams a movie or a documentary? Yeah. I Documentary. It's a documentary, but somebody just said it for the first time a couple weeks ago. And I was like, you know, that's such a good one that it's allowable for it, sure. It's my most watched it's my most watched basketball mm -hmm. anything. Because uh, outside of that, man, I might say Coach Carter. Okay. I really liked Coach Carter, but Hoop Dreams is the movie that, or the, the show that has been involved with basketball that I've watched the most. It's the realist, too, Yeah, which you got to appreciate. It was cool, yeah. too. It was like the story made you feel like you could, you could do it. It made yeah. you feel like if you were anybody, you could play hoops. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. And lastly, we ask everybody this. So who is... The first, or who is the person? You you know the concept of real rat. You've seen the pilot. Who's the person who comes to mind in Spokane or beyond when you think of the ultimate real rat? Mark Axton. Has anyone said him no, yet? That's a good one. Mark yeah. Axton, one of the all-time great Eastern Eagle basketball players. Uh, he has four children, and he somehow has manages. I have two kids, and my time to play is drastically affected by that mm. he plays like four or five times a week yeah. it, it's insane there'll be times i'm like mark what are you gonna hoop this week he goes what do you mean what am i gonna hoop i've hooped twice already <laughs> and it's tuesday and yeah. i'm like well how did you do that that man if there is a basketball basketball game going he will he will do it the other one and gosh i hate to give him credit for it steve stockton mm -hmm. steve stockton will play it at any point mm -hmm. if if you ask steve to play Junior, if you ask Steve to play, he will. He'll just say yes. Yeah, he'll cut out time. That dude would. That dude yeah. lives in the gym. So he. So I play with Steve Senior currently. So that's been okay. kind of my like my like. Uh, you might know my buddy West then. So I I thought when you said that, and then I don't I don't want to interrupt you, but I was like I absolutely know West because he runs around. He's a great shooter. Never stops, right? Yeah, he's got a boundless energy. Yeah, yeah. he's OG and he's mid forties. Doesn't seem mm -hmm. like it. Yeah, I saw him at Hoop Fest, and and I think they won. He was in like one of the brackets where they were done kind of early. I heard you talking about that. Oh, um, yeah. just so if he's watching, Wes, you didn't win. <laughs> you didn't win. No, he did not win. Unfortunately, sorry, Wes. He didn't win? They did not oh, win. Oh, okay. Then I no. confused that. It might have been another guy I played with. So anyway. His buddy Jason, our buddy Jason, who's one of Wes's good friends, he did win. Okay. Uh, Wes was in one of those weird brackets. <laughs> like you said, there, yeah. there was a couple weird ones where there just weren't a lot of teams in that age yeah. maybe. but. Yeah, he All right, Wes. Well, wasn't I, I tried to, good I tried to slip one by there, but, but Sean <laughs> caught you. <laughs> Steve Senior can still play, though. I love yeah, that. For sure. No, young Steve, absolutely. I want to get him in here. He's. Uh, I shouted him out at the premiere. We did a little Q&A, and I was like, you know, Steve's Steve's an example of one of these yep. guys. Absolutely. Max is still the one, but Steve's right behind him. Yeah. All right. Well, Sean, Really appreciate you, man. Come but, uh, hoop. Come hoop. Yeah. Peaceful Valley. Come down Mondays, Thursdays at noon. I mean, shoot, Thursday. You might see me there. We'll I'm be there. My, uh, I haven't played yet this week. I was thinking maybe Jesse might text me because he's a, he's a Tuesday nighter generally. Yeah, so, he is. Down at Peaceful yeah. normally. Yeah. So I might be down there tonight. And then, yeah, Thursday, Road to Hoop Fest 24. 
let's get it going. Let's get it going. Let's get it in. I'm with you. So I'll give you buckets. <laughs> we'll see. Come about on that. down. I'll give you buckets. <laughs> They're free down there. All right. That uh, that wraps it up. Um, thank you to Brennan and Spocast. Thank you to anyone listening. As Sean said, hit us up. Give us, you know, give us a line. Tell us something. Slide into the DMs. Yeah, slide into the DMs and tell us uh, who you want to see on here. You know, we just actually put out a post about recommending some female hoopers. We just scheduled two or three of those. So I'm super pumped to get some ladies in here as well. And give us suggestions, questions, whatever it might be. We're open to it. So until next time, we'll see you then. (laughs) 